0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Thrive After Sports podcast. If you're joining us on Author Spotlight, thank you for being there as well. We got a special guest, the man himself, uh, former college basketball player, serial entrepreneur, artist, uh, author of this great book right here, Money Talks, The Beginner's Guide to Investing for Kids. This man is an all-around renaissance man, but I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself and give the formal introduction. I'm here with Jawan
1: Rohan. What's going on, Jawan? What's up, man? Thank you. Thank you for having me, Taj. I I appreciate you having my book up there. Your book is behind me. I have it up so people can see it most of the time. It's it's over there. And I'll always put it. I I think I shouted it out on a couple uh, episodes. For real, though.
0: You did, man. I appreciate the love. I'm glad we were connected. And we got to give a shout out, man, just in case he's listening. Let's give a shout (laughs) out to... Uh, Shea, Shea Butter. I don't even know the man's real last name. I've been calling him Shay Butter so long. Shea, Shea Harrison. Shea Harrison. <laughs> okay. yeah, that, yeah. Shout out to Shay Harrison for making this introduction. Nothing but good things have come from it. Um, Got a lot of respect for this man, Jawan. We did a book swap and I had the pleasure of reading this book. We will get to this. I definitely want to uh, take a deep dive into this book in just a second. But before we do that, Jawan, I know you played ball in college, man. For all the listeners on Thrive After Sports, can you just talk about what that was like for the last time you stepped off the basketball court, like what did you go through? And then how did you kind of, you know, start to build the life that you, you built for yourself today, man?
1: Yeah, bro. So like, as you talk about all the time, but like you, you you devote yourself and your life to, to one sport, you know, all of, all of your life until leading up until you're forced to, you know, go get a nine to five or whatever. So like the last time I stepped on a basketball court in my college, Like my last college game, it was like, oh shit, you know that that like oh now I don't have anything to to look forward to in a sense. For me, it was like uh, it was like a uh, a bittersweet feeling because it's like, damn, you know, I made it this far, but now I literally have nothing to to wake up for it felt like like I don't have 6 a.m practice tomorrow morning what am I gonna do what's life like without that like do I go to the cafeteria like you know I'm not eating fucking running and eating snacks on the way to the gym (laughs) like you know (laughs) what I mean so like Uh, yeah it's just a surreal moment man
0: yeah it's crazy man I I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that We, we often talk about like once you graduate or once you finish your professional career, and you try to figure out what's next. But you brought up an interesting point, man, because to me, that was one of the weirdest moments, too. It's like, oh, shit, I'm a regular student. Like, what do I even do, man? I just remember yeah. like, like showing up to class late and, you know, going home and smoking and being thankful that I wasn't getting mm-hmm. drug tested anymore. Like,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, Now nah, it's funny because like it. Once you, once you aren't a student athlete anymore, you realize how fucking easy regular students have it. <laughs> like, like, what do y'all be complaining about? Because bro, I be having hella time to nap. I be having hella time to like, smoke, drink, go like, go, go do day activities that you normally don't as a student athlete, because your, your schedule is already crammed, you're already trying to do uh, all your education, and then you definitely need to nap as an athlete, so right people don't understand Most that.
0: definitely, yeah man it's an interesting period of time so it sounds like we both really enjoyed that last semester or those last few months of not being an athlete and just being a regular college kid uh what what happened after you graduated man were you just like did you have kind of a soft landing uh or did you have to really struggle to figure out what you were going to do once you you know graduated
1: yeah man so I actually re- recently just started opening up more about like this but like my whole plans kind of just uh <laughs> my whole plans of like what I wanted to do kind of started to fizzle out as I got older but short story long I'm not gonna go into it uh too crazy but um you know you always have this dream of like I'm gonna be a professional whatever right professional athlete um for me I'm I'm five nine you know in college I was 165 pounds like you know i'm not going to go to the nba right you start to realize that um but for me it was always a like oh you know i could definitely play overseas like i got the talent and shit right um it's just getting the right agent getting the right recruiting and stuff like that um but then i realized like yo that's a lot and plus they ain't even making that much if you're if you're like a beginner right like like what why am i still doing this like why am i still trying to do this so my backup plan was always to be an fbi agent right and I've I've had this dream since I was like five, bro. Um, like I watched the movie Double Take with Eddie Murphy in it, and, and ever since that movie, I literally wanted to be an FBI agent. I like planned my whole life around it, studied psychology, criminal justice, all that type of shit. And so, um, yeah. So then I started to I started to like apply for stuff like that, and um, just shit. The world started to like hit me right. Um, this was back in 2016, 2015. So there was a lot of um, killings in America, as there are now. Um, but one of the big ones that was going around the news was, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, right Michael now. Brown? Wasn't it Mike but, Brown? Uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah. He, the, the guy who was the, well, the guy who uh, the, it was like in front of a liquor store. Right. And the cops like get, got on him. I think it was Mike. Brown. Yeah,
0: I think it was. There's another one,
1: too. There's another one, too. And then obviously there was Trayvon Martin, uh, like a year later or something like that. But no, the Mike Brown situation was literally as I was interviewing for police departments. And so, yeah, it was literally I was like sitting in the in the shit and like, yeah, going through that process. So all that started to kick in. I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Mm. You know? Um, Yeah. And so and so anyways, um after that after that stuff um I kind of bombed the bonds some of the interviews on purpose a little bit um, just <laughs> I, 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 st- I started to realize like I don't know if I want to do this man like you know I don't know if this is for me uh then I got into construction after just to figure shit out right I just stayed in construction for a year I was like I need to I don't know what I want to do like do I do do I try music now right I'm just trying everything at this point right right <laughs> so i'm lost bro which is like literally how do you thrive after sports like i i don't know so i'm literally trying to dabble in everything and um i i ended up meeting a, a really good friend through one of my best friends uh he was like man y'all might get along you know we work at enterprise together um and shout out mike johnson uh but i ended up meeting mike and he had like that entrepreneurial spirit that i've always had But in all honesty, none of my close friends really had it. And so it never, like, uh, gave me feel, if that makes any sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and no shot at, like, my friends or anything. Like, I hope they don't take that the wrong way if they listen or whatever. But um, it was always, like, you know, let's go out, have fun. Like, Mike, don't drink. He's straight about business, like, and everything. And I saw that for the first time. And then hearing our stories, you know, with our, like, you know, our families and stuff and, and how we could relate. Um, he really just put me on game and got me like, got that, that engine started to like be an entrepreneur and stuff. That's awesome, man.
0: It's, it's crazy. I want to take it back for a se- second. I, I definitely want to hear how your entrepreneurial journey unfolded. But first of all, man, I think it's hilarious that the movie Double Take was the reason why you wanted to be an FBI
1: agent, bro. That is hilarious, right, and it's not even a real. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you know that movie because I feel like every time I say that, people don't know. Like that's not even a a real good uh, like FBI movie. It's a it's a comedy. <laughs> right, right. It's like, so it's like yeah,
0: it's, the fact that it's Eddie Murphy is like one of yeah. those movies where you no, know, bro, that's hilarious, man. And it's too it's funny Baby. too. I never wanted to be a uh in a uh. FBI agent but I did consider going into law enforcement after college you just made me think mm. about this man I haven't I haven't even talked about this before but I had the yeah. same thing and for me it was like man I was just really doing it because I didn't know what else to do I didn't have the dream of like being an F- FBI agent like you did I was like man I guess I'll go be a cop you know um, and then before I even I think I was applying to the academy and I did the same thing like subconsciously I just kind of like like I sabotaged it you know what I mean because I didn't really want to do it and they asked one of the questions was like have you ever used drugs or they asked about weed right it said something about marijuana and i just checked yes knowing damn well they weren't going to accept my application i was just like yeah whatever like, i just i'm gonna tell the truth but then again yeah. when i think about it i don't want to be a cop like busting kids for smoking weed you know because i damn sure it's gonna be the cop who might be rolling on something rolling up something on my lunch break so <laughs> yeah <that's it. laughs> <laughs> oh man but, i'm glad you're not a cop away. anymore
1: bro okay <laughs> your bro. pension would have been gone bro <laughs>
0: exactly it wouldn't have worked yeah. out man i'm glad you didn't go that route either man look look at what we're doing like the type of men we are today and everything we're up to like could you imagine if we just decided to go into law enforcement or in your case be an fbi agent i mean yeah don't get me wrong bro, so a... <laughs> go ahead oh, go no, what were we about to say no, I was going to say, don't get me wrong, bro. You'd probably be a dope FBI agent, but then you wouldn't be able to do all the other things you're doing. That's all I wanted to say.
1: That, Yeah, yeah. Like, the time, you know, like, in the police force, they work four 10s, right? So you you work mm-hmm. four days for 10 hours straight, and then you have the other three off. Like, like you are working, right? And then as a rookie cop, you, you, you got to go on overtime, right? You got to get that money, first of all, because as a rookie police officer in some cities, they don't pay you enough. Um, but in the cities I was looking at it was it was really good income actually um but mm-hmm. but anyway, side note you touched on something super important because now i'm I'm actually really about to open up for you all right um you you were saying how like when you had checked the box uh, uh that you smoked weed so honest honest to god, uh I got fucked over by two police forces um and I've only talked about this a couple of times but yeah like I said i I, I you know sabotaged unconsciously maybe some of the interviews and stuff and the answers right um but i really got fucked over by two and if i hadn't got fucked over by them i actually would have been a cop hey well
0: thank god man because you got on to do some great work that's what i wanted to get into also because you said that uh i think you said his name was mike johnson right that's the dude that's the boy you connected with so yeah tell us a little bit about how he gave you that the entrepreneurial bug man like what was that introduction to entrepreneurship like and then how did you start it out and just continue to build from there?
1: Yeah, bro. So um, I I kind of got that. Uh, so he kind of, so he was working at Coca-Cola when we met, or he had, he was working at Enterprise and then he went to Coca-Cola and it was a really good paying job. And it was like, all right, I got security out of 401k now. I got all that good stuff. Right. We're, we we started mm-hmm. thinking about wealth. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, cool. And then just start putting me on. And then one day he came to me. He was like, yo, like, you heard of this app, Turo? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, uh, you rent out cars and you can make like passive income. And I'm like, huh. So I look it up and he's like, yeah, like, look, look at my numbers. This is what I've been doing. I just rented out my, my uh, Camaro or BMW. He had, he had a 2008 BMW. I'm telling you, we did Turo before Turo was Turo. So like he had a 2008 <laughs> BMW. And uh he went and bought it for the purpose of Tarot and then rented it out and uh was cash flowing like crazy on a 2008. And we were like, holy shit. So then I was like, all right, bet. Come with me down to San Jose. We went and picked up a, a 2012 Ford Mustang. It was my first car uh, that I got in the game with. It was a convertible. And then since there, bro, since I started renting it out, that it was over. it was over i just became like super invested in like how can i grow like what is this like okay now i have a business now i have one car how do i get more and then once you start getting more you're like oh i actually have like a business like how can i like save on taxes how can i you know beat the system with this business and then you start learning you start doing your research and then that's when it kind of set in bro
0: wow and it's crazy man you told me Right before we jumped on here, you had just dropped off two cars, man. So like you still,
1: still yeah. keeping it running. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I think it's a good. Well, it's definitely good for my taxes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a solid business. It's definitely changed over the years, which I'm actually gonna make a video today about um, kind of just the 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 way Toro has changed over the years from seeing it like go from like a startup to to now it, commercials, you know, and and billboards and shit. And everyone's using it for passive income. So, but uh, yeah, I, I I love it still, and and uh, yeah, I'm using it. I've definitely uh, shrank my sh- my fleet of cars. Like at one point, I had six, um, and now I have only two because I'm trying to focus on a, a lot of other stuff and and build. You feel me? Right.
0: And then what happened next, man? Because I know that I, I definitely want to get to the book, but I know there's a lot of steps. between you renting cars and you writing the book so what did you do immediately after you caught the entrepreneurial bug what was the next thing you got into
1: uh yeah bro it was just uh keep building right and then once once we started to get cars like he had his own business I had my own business but he was like we were like learning with each other and going so it was like we were one going up and just learning the system and then he was like you know what there's this thing called Airbnb. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. what's that? He was like, it's the same thing, but for for homes. It's like, okay, shit. So he started to build his Airbnb. I didn't, I didn't tap into it. Um, I don't know why I didn't tap into it, to be honest. But I, I, I like felt like I was in it because he was in it right? Right. (laughs) So I'm getting all this free mentorship now, which he is selling courses and giving consultations. You feel me? So now he's making money from, from the game that he learned, but I already have that game because I grew up, I I was in it with him. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot. And, um, I saw how good it was for his bank account <laughs> and was like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I need to hop on this. Um, and so we actually set up one in L.A. Uh, not too long ago, um, but we actually recently just took it down because uh, of some L.A. laws. But um, and so I started to get into it now. I'm looking um, to get into to Airbnb. I'm looking at a place in Austin right now um, and stuff like that. And so that kind of like, just really honestly, to answer your question, the the car stuff really just opened my mind to a lot of different things. Um, I started to realize, I mean, obviously you can't really build wealth with cars because cars are a depreciating asset. So if you read the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know Mm -hmm. that like real estate is a really good thing. And so I uh, wanted to like figure out ways that I can build on appreciation, right? Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, I gotta start saving up for, for real estate. And we almost bought a house together last September, but um, I had lost my job. And so I kind of just got set back in so many ways, right? I, I had a kid. So like all my money that I was gonna spend on other endeavors, I just saved for the kid. You feel me? Then right. I, I lost my job. So that I had like a lot of savings. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go buy a house right now. Like, I'm gonna just save it. COVID hit, right? All this shit just starting to happen over the years that kind of just kept me from like actually closing on a home and actually going out there by myself to get an Airbnb. So now it's either like I'm doing it with partners or something like that, just so I can keep the capital um, because I, like I got another kid on the way next month. You feel me?
0: <laughs> oh, congratulations, man.
1: <laughs> thank you, bro, thank
0: you. Boy or girl?
1: Uh, girl, baby girl. Is the is the first
0: one uh, your He's first a boy. one a boy? Okay, yeah, boy and a perfect. Girl. It's
1: exactly it's exactly what I wanted.
0: Oh, me He's too, two. bro. I want to have the boy first for sure. so, yeah, so he could yeah. he could look out for little sis, man. Congratulations, bro. On that, bro.
1: F- thank you. Side note, he just peed in the toilet for the first time yesterday. So there you go, hey <laughs> milestone. Yeah, That's no, it about- really is. You you, bro. I was like, I felt like I was at a basketball game cheering, like <laughs> I was going crazy. I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's oh, awesome, yeah. man.
1: See, I didn't even know you
0: had a son. Maybe I don't know if I missed that somehow, but did you write the oh, book yeah. for your son? Did you, Is that what inspired you to write the book?
1: Uh, Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for showing that. I got to make so sure it's that...
0: on screen if anyone's watching the video. If you listen to the podcast, tap in and watch the video so you can see me holding up this book so you know what it looks like. But make sure you go and grab this. This was a phenomenal book. Um, I got educated. It's supposed to be for kids. I'm over here like, damn, I didn't know that while
1: <laughs> I was reading Yeah. Bro, it's crazy cuz a lot of actually adults, a lot of there's been a lot of adults that actually have bought it for th- themselves. Um mm-hmm. and so I'll get back to your question but uh the book let, let's talk about the book a little bit because the book um when I first released it I was learning, you know, like this is my first time writing a book and it was my first time self-publishing. So obviously I did all the research, tapped in with people that who how I've did it before and I learned a lot. And um the book actually debuted as number one um in uh education finance and um for hot new releases on on a couple different categories um and then it hit number three on bestsellers so i can't say i'm a number one bestseller yet but i'm a number three bestseller you feel me but right. <laughs> um, which that's that's i'll take it bro like I I wrote this book. I wrote this book during uh, the pandemic. And I was really filled by one of the podcasts on my podcast. um, This guy I interviewed shout out Tiger Toledo. um, He's a notary and he had a book and I was really filled on writing a book after reading his book. And so um, he really he coached me through everything. So shout out him. Um, But yeah, it debuted as number one, which I'm super proud of. So then I got Put on a lot of different platforms who actually gave me a little bit more exposure, like the homies up at Black Wealth Renaissance. Um, I've interviewed them. So we kind of have a connection. They put me on. They have a large audience. So once people started seeing them, I got more sales. Right. And then it started to go up in the charts a little bit. And then um, uh, I started doing some like some trolling on Twitter (laughs) with uh, with like my book, kind of and uh and the book went viral on twitter like a couple times and so people like on twitter are are buying the book for themselves buying it for kids and stuff and it's a very small world because a lot of the people like i've like just the other day uh one of my friend's moms bought the book and i had no idea that it was her mom and the mom had asked me for a signed copy um for her nephew so when my friend went to go grab the the present and they opened it she was like hold on Jawan, that sounds familiar and like this is all the way across the the world right now like or the country you know what i mean so like that when that when i when she called me and was like yo this is what happened i was like holy fuck like that's crazy you know what i mean wow just all that's off of like social man. media yeah
0: right That's amazing how that happens, man. Once you put it out there, it kind of takes on a life of its own and you just start to see stuff like you just described that starts happening for you. So that's awesome, man. I wanted to get back to why you, what, what inspired you? I know you said you heard the, uh, you had someone on your podcast who inspired you to write a book, but why did you decide to cover investing? Why did you decide to talk about money and why did you write that for kids? Why was that important to you?
1: Yeah. So, um, first, two things I wrote that for, for my son, um, but I also wrote that for kind of the, the next generation, right? Because growing up, I wish we knew what we knew beforehand, right? Which is the purpose of my, my podcast, the Misguided Podcast, where we're trying to guide you in a better direction. There's a lot of things um, that we're told to do by society or ways we should manage our money and stuff um, and, and spend, spend, spend. But we're not told, especially in the Black community, how to manage wealth right? Or how to grow wealth. And so my goal, I've always wanted to like, figure out how can I go about teaching financial literacy. And then um, I was stuck and like, okay, well, I know I want to write a book, but what should it be about? And I was like, well, shit, if I was a kid, and I read about like how to start a, bu- a business, or you know, how to make money off a lemonade stand, or how to you know what the hell is a 401k how to budget how to buy a, a new cell phone at the age of 12 if i had read a book like that i'd probably be like way better off i'd be like a, a millionaire billionaire right now like you feel me right. so me thinking now i was like okay well how can i do that oh what's the next generation kids right let me let me write a, a kid's book and so that yeah that was kind of the feel for it and then the way i went about doing it i was like well you know it's hard to get kids to listen bro like, it's hard. Like, especially like what demographic am I, am I kind of going here? For, right. You know, middle school kids, they're annoying as hell. Right. They're going through all <laughs> these goddamn hormonal changes. They don't like to listen. Uh, high school, uh, I might be able to get like, you know, the older class to listen because they're about to go into college and stuff. But and then the little kids, they don't have the attention span. So I was like, where I got to find an area. and I got to find a way to relate to them. So what I did is I sat down with my 11 year old niece and I was like, what do you like? Just let's write a list. What do you like? And we we went over a list and I was like, what don't you like? And in the list, there was stuff like, you know, I like new games on my phone. Uh, I like, uh um, I like YouTube. I like, you know, just relatable stuff today. TikTok. Right. And so I was like, all right, these are going to be added in the book. Right. I was like, all right. Now, like, It's hard to talk like it's hard for a kid to listen to a parent because they're always defiant. Right. Like kids don't like listening to to adults. So I was like, what how can I get kids to listen? I was like, oh, what if a kid teaches a kid? Because I remember in psychology class, like they learn better. They adapt. Right. If you ever send a little kid um, to daycare, he's going to learn more than he is in the daycare from the kids than any of the adults he's around. That's just how wow. it works. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what if like the kid teaches the kid in the book? And it's just literally a conversation like me and you are having. A lot of people learn just from simple conversations. They don't learn necessarily from textbooks. They don't learn mm-hmm. necessarily from, uh, you know, any uh, fucking test. Right. <laughs> like, like, so it, it's more like conversations. So that's kind of how uh, I just did like a simple dialogue between a kid teaching a kid about money and using all the cool stuff yeah my bad i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead no no i was done i was just saying and like using all the hip stuff today right so tiktok or you know uh shit there was some cool stuff in there that i mentioned like skateboards or something and stuff and I I made two characters. I know that like kids really remember stuff with like characters or like fancy names, right? So I made two characters: Daring Darius, which is the black kid. He's the one teaching uh, the white kid, and the white kid is named Cash Cody. Yeah, yeah, dope, I, that, that that was a play. Obviously, the black kid needed to teach the white kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I was gonna say, man. That I definitely saw that play. I like that you had that in there. But what I didn't mm-hmm. realize that you just explained was the play behind having the kid teach the kid. I thought, I thought that's really smart, man. I didn't catch on to that. That's why you did that. But now it all yeah, makes man. sense. Yeah, that's yep. dope, man. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit just a second ago, but the Misguided podcast. Um, what can people expect when they tune in with the Misguided podcast, man? And, and what had you start with that and get into that? into podcasting in general.
1: Yeah, man, it's just a podcast uh, to to guide you in a in a better direction, a better future. Um, I talk about business, building wealth through business. Um, so I I mean, it started off, you know, with actually uh, the homie Mike. We started off during a uh, COVID, literally like the first day of COVID, and um, we just started talking about our journey and entrepreneurship and and teaching and giving back ways and lessons we learned you know you always listen to like stories of of rich people and they always tell the story after they've already become rich right right like they're already at a certain point so when they're telling the story the story is based on what happened 10 to 15 years ago so there's a lot of different laws there's a lot of taxes are different everything is different right so when we sat back, I was like, I kind of want this podcast to be something that people are following me. It's it's literally like a journey, a diary, and they're going through it together. We're learning together. This is a network. Like, It's not me telling you after I'm already rich and done these things. It's like, no, shit, I just made this mistake. Don't do this. You, you know what right. I mean? Like, and I'm being honest and transparent about it. Right. So I think that's what uh, you can hear that on the podcast. And I've interviewed some dope ass guests, some, some famous guests, some popular guests, and I got a fire ass episode dropping next week. So
0: we, (laughs) we, everybody make sure you tap in speaking of that, man. um, How can people get in touch with you? How, How can they get the book? How can they tap in with the podcast? How can they keep in touch with this man? Juwan Rohan and be in the loop with everything you got going on.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, well, the book is available on uh, everywhere. It's on Amazon. Uh, definitely tap in. Uh, it's on Audible now um, as of like two weeks ago. So I'm grateful for, the, for that. Um, and but if you really want to like put money in black people's pockets, you can purchase the book directly from me. Um, so my suggestion would be head to uh, my Instagram is Joan Rohan Music. That's J-U-W-A-N. R-O-H-A-N and then music um on Instagram and click the link in my bio, man. The link in my bio is literally a one-stop shop for everything I do. It like has all my businesses in there, Airbnbs, tarot cars. It has the podcast. If you want to head to the podcast, you can go to the misguidedpodcast.com podcast.com um, and cop some gear. I got some dope t-shirts and and a lot of shit man i also just started like a slack channel which i think you should join bro but um it's 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 like i'm trying to build a network it's a slack channel it's a you have you heard of slack i have yep yeah. Yeah. So the, you know what it is. It's like, uh, it's like the, the Twitter for, for workforces and it's way cooler. Cause, um, there's a lot, a lot more stuff and a lot more privacy you can do on there, but yeah, I got a Slack channel. It's uh, the misguided where we just have entrepreneurs, business, business owners, and leaders come on and, um, share their ideas, network and, and learn and educate from each other. So
0: that's what's up, man. Quick question before I forget to ask you for the audio book. Did you read it yourself?
1: Nah, so I actually, uh, and I'm interviewing him next week too. Uh, the, nah, I got it through, uh, some guy interviewed, shout out Royal. Um, he, uh, put me onto this black company out in LA and, uh-huh. um, I, I listened to his audio book and I was like, Ooh, your shit is dope. Like I ain't never heard an audio. I ain't never heard an audio book like that. What sound effects, like. With the nice black voice, like I was like, put me on. And then, when once I found out the pricing, I was like, I definitely pay for this. Like, I thought it was gonna be mm. thousands of dollars, you feel me? So, I was like, maybe I'm gonna have to do it by myself. But, uh, nah, that uh, a company in LA, his name is uh, Anton, uh, fuck, I forgot his last name, but he's a he's a famous YouTuber <laughs> and he actually owns a, a, a company now, like a, a voiceover company. He did it for me.
0: Oh, that's what's up, man. And you said it's up there live now.
1: On Audible, yep, it's on Audible, and then you could purchase directly from me. So, like I said, oh, go to my Instagram. Okay, sure. Yep, go to my Instagram, and there's a link in there, and it's like the purchase the ebook, and I think I have it for like seven dollars, bro. And you literally will get the files um, from there, and then just download them and put them in your little uh, iTunes and just listen. That's what's up,
0: man. That's dope. Hey, man. Well, we could easily keep this interview going for uh, another couple hours, man. But want to be respectful of your time uh definitely appreciate you coming on man we'll have to have you back because i know we really only scratched the surface there's there's a lot more ground we could definitely cover but i'll just say uh i'm glad we connected uh thank you for all the work that you're doing man the impact that you're having on the on you know many different communities i can't even say the community as if there's just one but many different (laughs) lives and and, uh groups of people you're impacting so yeah man appreciate your time today and thanks for all you
1: do brother hey thank you thank you my brother i appreciate you too keep doing what you're doing yes
0: sir All right, everybody, this has been another great episode of Authors Spotlight on the Thrive After Sports podcast with Juwan Rohan. Thanks for tuning in with us. Make sure you check the show notes and follow up with Juwan. Go check out the link tree on Instagram. That'll take you where you need to go. We'll see you next time. Yay.